What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, are you having trouble buying tickets for your morning commute? Well, you are not alone. We're discussing updates and glitches with the Venture app. Plus, we've got important election dates and Valentine's Day do's and don'ts for single Chicagoans. Producer Michelle Navarro is in the building with me to break it all down. It's Tuesday, February 6th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. morning michelle good morning how was your weekend my friend it was great um over this weekend um, on on sunday we were at karaoke storytellers i mean you were there too and it was it was fun hey i had a great time at karaoke storytellers this sunday thank you to everybody who came out and enjoyed the show thank y'all uh for coming out and joining the city cash trivia with our executive producer simone alisea if you're new to city cash chicago welcome every tuesday the city cash team sits down to talk about recent news stories viral sensations newsletter polls and everything in between and today we're getting the conversation started off with the venture app last thursday the app where metra cta and pace riders can purchase and managed tickets crashed on us. Now, while the Venture app is back up and running as of Monday, it is still a bit glitchy. Riders are reporting that some purchases are failing to go through. The app keeps shutting down when they open it. And when I tried to purchase a Metro ticket just this morning, it reported no tickets available from my local stop to Millennium Park, which I'm going to be real, I ain't never seen that before. Uh, one of the main reasons for the crash is Metro has officially updated its fee structure. Michelle, can you explain what can Metro riders expect besides these uh, potential hiccups next time they go to purchase a ticket on the Venture app? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the first big things is that the fare zones have changed. And by change, that means that they've been reduced from 10 to 4, meaning that, you know, you used to be charged 10 different fares depending on distance, how far you're traveling. Now it's only four fares. Mm -hmm. And so that can really change, that can really affect passengers. You know, you may fall into one uh, a fare that might be a little less than you paid before. But I think for a lot of people too, right, your fare that you used to pay could have significantly gone up. Mm -hmm. The next thing is, you know, Metro closed its remaining ticket windows. So vending machines have been installed at the busiest stations. Another thing is the 10 ride ticket is no longer available for purchase. It was replaced with a five pack, which can be used on any five days within the 90 days of purchase. And that's also available on the Ventra app. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to miss the 10 ride. That's the one I used to use when I was going going to school when I was in high school. And though they are getting rid of the ticket windows, some of those people are going to be converted into customer service specialists. So if you see somebody at a ticket window at your local stop, you still can go up to them to get scheduling questions, to ask about any delays or concerns, or if you need any help, you can still go up to those individuals where they may be located. 
Another thing that um, happened is that the Fair Transit South Cook pilot, um, which started in January of 2021 and provided up to 50% of discounted fares, ended um, on the Metro Electric and Rock Island lines. It was replaced with Axis pilot program, which allows reduced fare for low-income riders on all lines. Yeah, from what I understand, if you currently receive SNAP, or a supplemental nutrition program, you will be eligible for a reduced fare. Unfortunately for me, I stay off of the Metro Electric line, which means for the last four years, this line, which runs from Millennium Park to the southeast side, all the way out to the South Burbs, has been half off of me. So I've only been paying $2. But with the end of the, the pilot program, as well as the, the change of zones, my ride has gone up from $2 to $3.75, which, again, can add up. So that pilot program was hopefully to kind of bring people back to the to the Metro during the pandemic and, and during COVID-19 surges. And now that that's ending, I wonder if we're going to see any dip in ridership on the, the Metro Electric and the Rock Island lines, you know, yet to be seen, but something I'm going to be following because, again, Two to three seventy five still much cheaper than like a Uber or a Lyft or anything like that. Definitely, uh, but it, it was two dollars. That much easier for me to pay that. Uh, spokespeople for Metro and CTA say they are monitoring and making improvements throughout the week. But if you run into any issues, first let them know, of course. And then let us know, because we ain't minding our business, we minding yours. Uh, reach out to us at 773-780-0246 if you have any remaining problems trying to use your Venture app. We are six weeks out from the 2024 primary elections, and I know what you're thinking. Kobe, why would you remind me that? I'm immediately filled with dread. Didn't we do like 50, 11 elections over the last few years? And the answer is yes. That's not changing. We will continue to be in a perpetual election season, mm -hmm. uh, but that's why we're here. That's why we got your back. And leading up to the elections, we're going to be talking about important dates, critical races you should be watching, and things you need to know before you submit your ballot. Today, we're getting our CityCast election corner kicked off with some dates you need to either commit to memory or go ahead and put in your damn calendar I'm going to start us off with the important dates you should be thinking about in February. This week is going to be the first day of mailing for vote-by-mail ballots. Be on the lookout that your ballot should be arriving in the mail soon. Then on next week, Thursday, February 15th, is going to be the first day of early voting in Chicago at the board super site in the loop. So those are your critical dates you need to be looking out on February uh, for in February. Of course, for all of the dates and more information, you can always visit the Chicago Board of Elections website. Oh, man, six weeks away from a March election, which just then sort of feels the dread for a November election. Yep. People might start turning their brains off in March as the, the commercials pick up, as the reminders pick up. What are some dates they should not be ignoring in March, Michelle? Yeah, so the first one up is March 3rd, and that is the last day to register to vote by online registration. You can still register in person during the grace period and the same day registration. March 4th, so the following day, is the first day of early voting in all 50 wards of Chicago. Couple of questions for you, Michelle, because this is your first time doing election coverage as a part of CityCast. But if I'm correct, 
will this be your first election of being back in Chicago? Yes, it is. And I'm and I'm excited. I think um it's definitely can be dreadful and fear feel a little dreadful for sure. But I think one thing that I'm looking forward to is that you do see a lot of community outreach. You see a lot of organizations and communities coming together to really just like rally people up and get them, you know, looking forward to something. And so that's something that I'm looking forward forward to. Yeah. One of the things I appreciate, particularly about the election coverage that we're tapped into is, I don't know, you get close to election season, especially a presidential election. And I feel like the ads about getting out to vote, they get so shaming and damning. It's like voter die. You don't have a voice if you don't vote, you know, and like that's not we're over here. We're not selling that at City Gas, right? You know, voting is your choice as a citizen. We want to make sure you feel as informed, as involved in the process. But one thing I appreciate in our city is like the efforts to bring young people into the fold. It's not some, at least with the organizations like Chicago Votes that I'm that I'm paying attention to, they're not using that sort of shaming rhetoric, that that same sort of all of the troubles of the country and the city and the state are on your back. Yeah. And if you do not vote, the continued downfall of our country is on you. Like, calm that down. Like, back it up. There's other underlying factors that is exactly. causing all the, like, wrong that is going on society. It's not because, you know, this one thing. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. And I definitely want to remind people that a, a ton of the reasons that people dis- feel disenfranchised, you know, it's not going to be solved simply by participating in in voting, but there still is organizations, community members who are trying to get young people, you know, because you're going to hear it. They don't vote. They, they don't vote. They don't show up. They definitely don't show up during primaries. Like, and yet people still put in the initiative to try to reach them, to provide them with information, to to make sure they know they have access to the system, whether they choose to use it or not is on them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we have more nuance in our conversation about participating in electoral politics in Chicago. And so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see the initiatives that take place, as well as the voter guides. Because in addition to listening to the CityCast po- uh, podcast, subscribing to the newsletter, we'll also put you on some of our favorite voter guides that can help send Simplify the process, especially if you are a young person, if you're someone who is voting in a Chicago election for for the first time. So, yeah. So in the last few years, we've seen Illinois and Chicago sort of open up registration, vote by mail, early voting, just providing people with more access to different ways of voting. So I want to know what kind of voter are you? Are you an early voter? Are you a vote by mail? Or are you kind of like me? Like I get there on March 19th. Yeah. I think I'm going to get there on March 19th, to be honest. <laughs> I voted in person the the last presidential election. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of cool to go see it happen in person. I mm-hmm. also procrastinate a lot. So that's also the reason why I don't do the mail-in, which would probably be a lot easier. And again, it's it's a great way for people if you're busy, if you don't want to stand in lines. It's a great way to just like kind of get it out the way and not worry about it. But yeah, I, knowing myself, I, I will probably be be in line over there. Facts. Yeah. Every, every time we've done this, I'm always like, you know what, for research purposes, I'm going to try a different way. I'm going to vote by mail this time. Oh, I'm going to go to early vote. I'm going to go check out the super site. What does that look like now? Don't do it. Don't do it. I can't even go get my own ID or license on time, like visit a government building to get my own stuff taken care of. Voting early and vote by mail seems still, probably still a little bit too, too, too beyond me. Like <laughs> just showing up on March 19th at the Blackstone Library, it, it's probably going to be the bet for me. So, 
you know, make sure you subscribe to the newsletter, listening to these election corners, which we're going to be knocking out during our Tuesday team chats and other episodes. But be on the lookout for some voter guides as well. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Before we get out of here today, uh, it's also Valentine's Day season, right? It only falls on one day next week, but it tends to take up both the two weeks before and the two weeks after in the month of February. And maybe for a lot of people, this is an exciting time. They are in love. They're excited to celebrate. But for maybe some other times, it reminds them that, you know, they're still out here looking for they somebody. Uh, and Michelle, you recently sat down with a matchmaker in Chicago who I imagine during this time is big business for them. And as singles are looking for places and ways to find love, as couples are finding ways to reinvigorate their love, who'd you talk to and bring us in on the conversation? Yeah, so I spoke to Kara Larricks, who is a matchmaker and dating coach at Three Day Rule, which is a modern matchmaking company. Kara lives in Edgewater, so she is a Chicagoan, and she has a background in education and styling. She works with a lot of um, LGBTQ folks, but she works with all all people. And so, you know, talking to her was super interesting because I love love. And so it's just interesting to see how pe like people's perspective on it, especially if they're entering in a matchmaking situation and just like the, the methods and the way it works. And so one big question that I had for, for Carol was, you know, what was something in common that she found among Chicago singles? And of course, one of the first things she said was like, you know, because she's a dating coach, she meets people in the city who are already kind of looking for something really intentional. And so she says, you know, even though Chicago is a really big city, there is this really tra traditional feel of just like people really looking for a monogamous relationship, like thinking more long-term rela relationship minded, which also kind of makes sense. Cause even though we're, you know, we're a big city, we are in the middle of the Midwest, which I feel like it's not like we're like, there's definitely a dating scene here, I guess, but it, it seems like people who really do go to her are really interested in kind of like quote unquote settling down but not even that but just meeting people who they feel you know are would would be special a special connection with them um and so aside from you know figuring out what are some things that chicago singles have in common i also asked her about just kind of like the challenges she finds that chicago singles run into the most and this is what she said as a matchmaker i get to have these in-depth conversations with people day in and day out you know i'll initially see their profile when they sign up in our database and i you know 
like any other human, have some ideas about what's going to happen. But inevitably, I'm surprised and delighted by what people have experienced and what they've done. And so I think online dating, swiping has become really challenging for people because they're only able to judge based on a few photos, a few statistics. So I really think the greatest challenge facing singles right now is the isolation of the apps and, you know, kind of sitting on your couch or sitting in your bed and swiping constantly and nothing turning into an actual in-person meet. From just a quick Google search, I found, you know, I'm not sure how factual this is, but there are over 1,500 dating apps and websites worldwide, and the market is projected to reach $9.2 billion by 2025. Gee, the apps are scary, like what was we talking about? The apps is scary. I just I feel deeply uncomfortable, just sort of swiping. I almost never in like actually meet up with like it, they were just such a scary place. What about for you? Yeah, same. And especially we're coming from a time where we're in the pandemic, and so like that was our only window. And so it's it's I definitely feel for people and understand when they are kind of like trying to find someone and they feel like this is their only way to do it, which is why you know I kind of asked uh, Kara, you know, outside of the dating apps, what are ways that she really gets to know the people she works with in order to find someone that you know they can make that that connection with. Something that really stood out to me was that, you know, Kara said that we all have our own love manual. And in their own love manual, they have a chapter written on family. They have a chapter on upbringing. They have a chapter on relationship history, a chapter on love languages, attachment styles, um, what they love to do for work, what their passions are, what their friends are like, what their connections are like. And I really believe that um, it's key for someone to be able to articulate that entire love manual. So I really ask all of those questions because ultimately when I'm sitting them across from a potential match in a cozy restaurant, they cannot hand over that love manual ahead of time and let the other person read through it. They're really going to have to communicate all of these things about themselves. So when I first meet with people, not only is it an opportunity for me to get to know them and see how I can match them or who I'm going to match them with, but it's an, also an opportunity for me to really understand, have they taken a peek at themselves? You know, Do they know themselves well? Are they ready to to go out and really communicate their needs and wants to someone? When we first started having a conversation about talking to a matchmaker. I'm not going to lie. My first thought was like, yeah. not for no other reason than I've only really seen it online. It feels like, a, I don't know, I've only seen it portrayed in like a very classist kind of way, right? For sure. Like sort of rich folks being like getting set up. But mm-hmm. one of the things I appreciate listening to Kara, it, like there does seem to be this like philosophy embedded in her system of like, I want people to be going into this having first thought about themselves, become more self-aware. Because I think one of the most difficult parts about dating is it's the imbalance of how much work each individual or the individuals involved have done to better understand themselves, right? right. And 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 no point am I trying to say that you, you have had to sort of uh, c- complete this work because I don't think that's a real thing, but it's the idea of being, you know, uh, you know, sort of thoughtful about... Uh, how you show up in relationships so in many ways you can be more 
prepared to receive how other people show up. And, and so I do appreciate that it is not it having listened to Kara just the, in, in these few moments, it doesn't feel like it's, it's, it's just this sort of superficial, what are the things you have in common and how do we mm-hmm. sort of jam those things together? It also sounds like uh, her process in some respects is also about people to see the parts of relationship building that, you know, you may be hidden because we're so much thinking about the the dating and where will we go and how do we keep engaged and how will we get to know each other and what, you know, that, that you know, we, we might lose ourselves in that process. Yeah, exactly. And like a big part of, you know, what she calls the love manual that we all have is really just, like you said, like really sitting with yourself, that self-awareness and reflection. I even asked her, you know, in, the, in our conversation about, you know, what do you do when you have a client who you have to match with, but you realize that they're not quite there yet. You know, they don't really know themselves or their love manual in a way where they can communicate it to people. And she says that, you know, they take a step back and they really try to, she tries to, you know, push them into looking inward and figuring out, you know, why they think the way they are. And that's kind of like the matchmaking side is the more of like, okay, we figured it out. We get to find someone. But the date coaching part, I think of her job is really to sit with the person and so that they can kind of do this work together and they can recognize, you know, what things have worked, what hasn't in order to shape, you know, the kinds of experiences that they're looking for. Another really interesting thing she said is, is when I asked her like, you know, what's a challenge for you as a matchmaker that you face when you're trying to connect people together. And she said that like people will come with huge lists with very like specific, you know, some things she mentions, like people will be like, well, I will, will only date someone who is, you know, six, who's taller people than come six. With their, their you know what I mean? Superficial list of, of human yeah. characteristics. Like has to graduate from an Ivy League, is I will only date someone in finance. I will only date See, someone. It's who, getting exactly into exactly the thing that what I'm you mentioned. concerned with. <laughs> And and she says, you know, obviously it's my job. Like I want people to find what they want, but at the same time, I think something that really that she said was like, do you want to, you know, stick to this list and rob yourself of meeting people who can truly, you know, you can make a connection with? Which I thought was one of the most important takeaways. One of the next things I had asked her is probably the question that a lot of maybe our listeners who are single are like, come on, get to it, is, you know, how to approach looking for love in the city of Chicago. And so I asked her, you know, where do Chicagoans go to to go find it? Uh, This might be an unpopular answer, but I think it's the most helpful answer. Um, I really think people need to start by going to a different place in their mind about how they're going to meet somebody. So what I mean by this is, There are so many different people in Chicago who have so many different interests and do so many different things. And there is no one single place that I can say, oh, there's a great hotbed of singles here where you're going to meet someone. So what I think everyone needs to do is to turn inward for a minute and think, okay, where do I typically go anyway? Do I go work out at Orange Theory? Do I go to a specific coffee shop? Do I go to a specific grocery store? Whatever it is. And look at things differently. When you go, put your chin up, open your eyes, and take a look around. What you're going to start doing is actually interacting with the people that you do come into contact with. Might they be your person? No. Might they know your person? Yes. And are you already there doing something that you have in common? Why not like chat to somebody close by, whether you're interested in them or not, work that muscle and have your little dating elevator pitch ready to go. And what I mean by that is 
slip into the conversation. Chicago is a magical place. So many great restaurants, bars. I mean, everyone knows this, or I don't think you'd be living in Chicago. There's no one or two specific places I could direct singles to meet great people. It all depends on who you are, what you like. Go do what you naturally do and then move through the world knowing that your person is making their way towards you. Kara's advice to kind of, it, it feels like the most cliche, but but starting with yourself can go a long way. Yes. She was like, there is no one size fits all place, but she had a spot in an event. Yeah, definitely. So she definitely had some wrecks. One of the spots is Nobody's Darling in Andersonville. And so, you know, you can look up kind of single nights that they have at Nobody's Darling. She said straight gay, no matter how you identify to look for great single nights. And it's a great place to to meet people. And then another thing she highlighted was the Please Date My Friend, a night of PowerPoints, which is an event happening February 15th at the Color Club Ballroom in Irving Park. And it's basically an event where you create a PowerPoint basically highlighting all the amazing qualities of your best friend and you pitch it to a room full of single people. And so I think that's kind of sweet because like who else is going to like highlight your best qualities and like your best friend who like wants to put you on. Um, And so that's pretty cool. Um, Hey, same day. February 15th, opposite side of the city from northwest to southeast. I'm going to be hosting Grown Folk Stories at the Promontory. And the theme for this uh, February edition is love. And so I imagine there are going to be some people in the room sharing stories about love, their pursuit of love. Promontory has a great bar in there as well, a, a great venue. And so, you know, come out, share some stories about yourself, and you may run into some some people that you you find some things uh, in common with you might mm-hmm. want to kick it with them a little bit more so hey those are three places three events you could show up to if you're trying to step out find love before or after valentine's day mm-hmm. um but also stay tapped into our events calendar you can find on chicago.citycast.fm and subscribe to our daily newsletter hey chicago where our newsletter editor sydney madden is working around the clock to find the best events for you this valentine's season and if you are interested in Kara's matchmaking or dating coaching expertise, check out the link in our show notes. Um, you can work directly with her and talk to her about what you're looking for um, in a relationship or what you're looking for in your next steps of your journey in, in finding you know, a special person. You can also create a profile and join Kara's pool of singles for free. Between important election dates, updates with the Venture app, and a sit down with the matchmaker. I want to give a huge thank you to our producer, Michelle Navarro, for joining me for another round of our Tuesday team chat. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, Jacoby. Before we let you go, stay tapped into all CityCast Chicago has to offer by bookmarking our website, chicago.citycast.fm. And while you're there, subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, and consider becoming a CityCast member. Also, please save our phone number. If you are also struggling with the Venture app, have some critical election questions you need answered, or you got some other place in the city you want to suggest for single Chicagoans, let us know at 773-780-0246. Of course, I got some good news for you. This Saturday, the Blue Door Neighborhood Center in Pullman is hosting a jam-packed Black History Month celebration for young people. Folks can learn about creating plays and poetry, music and movement, comic books and more. There'll also be a children's book giveaway and live performances. You can check the link in the show notes for more info. As always, we appreciate you for listening and reading. We're going to be back bright and early tomorrow. I'll talk to you then.